0: Ping Tang Lin, your research podcast host for this episode, and today I have another CIA research to share with you. Predictive analytics has been generating lots of buzz over the last several years, and it's especially relevant for the Canadian property and casualty industry. Denise Chung, FCIA, collaborated with the CIA to survey over 20 Canadian PNC insurers to find out what they think about data science as a core strategy. And it turns out they're pretty excited about it. Companies are ready to take things to the next level and they're looking for ways to do it responsibly. Joining me for this interview is Denise Cheung, Megan Kang, and Adam Goldfarb, the authors of this survey paper. They talk about their survey findings, how companies are experimenting with and implementing predictive analytics, and they even shared advice on how small teams or companies can get started. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Denise Megan.
1: My name is Denise, and I'm the author and the project lead of this CIA-funded research project on the use of predictive analytics in the Canadian PNC insurance industry. I'm a seasoned actuary and statistician with 17 years of industry experience. Throughout my career, I've built R&D and pricing with <clears throat> various insurance companies. I'm currently leading a team of PNC actuaries at the consultancy. I've developed pricing and rating algorithms for various personal and commercial insurance products. My pricing and predictive modeling experience include building and implementing catastrophe, spatial smoothing, customer behavior, lost costs, and price optimization model using various modeling software. As Ping mentioned, Megan and Adam are also on the call as they play a very key role in this exciting research project. Megan, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: My name is Megan and I have been assisting Denise for the CIA-funded research project since 2020. I have over five years of experience in both PNC insurance companies and consulting firms. I joined PwC about two years ago and have been working on actual valuations, financial condition testing, audio support projects, and actual consulting projects like this research work. Before joining PwC, I had experience in predictive modeling, price optimization, personal line pricing, and capital feasibility studies. Uh, now I'll pass it to Adam.
3: Hi, my name is Adam, and I also helped Denise to craft and do research for the report. I have over three years of experience in the insurance industry, and in my time at PwC, I've been doing traditional corporate actuarial work, consisting mainly of valuation and audit, as well as some special projects. Prior to working at PwC, I worked at a large personal lines insurer in the areas of pricing and product development for their telematics and UBI products.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. So why don't we start by describing what the motivation was behind this study, how many companies were surveyed, and I guess the CIA's involvement in this project.
1: So this is a CIA-funded uh, research project. So we work closely with the POP, the Project Oversight Group, um, throughout the entire process, from the design of the survey all the way to the delivery of the report. And the goal of the study, um, as mandated by the POP, was to investigate and to benchmark the current practice of predictive analytics within the Canadian P and C insurance industry. This research was also performed to examine potential areas of improvement with regard to the application of this new method based on PNC insurance practices abroad, academic literature, as well as some investigation of other sectors. The survey was sent to 61 insurance companies and received response from 24, including 8 of the top 10 insured as measured by annual gross return premium. We actually want to take this opportunity to thank all the participants for their valuable time and contribution.
0: From each of you, I'm just wondering what was the most interesting thing that you found from the study, the one that kind of made you sit up in your seats or make your eyes bright from doing this type of work?
1: As part of our research, we reached out to colleagues from various parts of the firm network to hear about the experience with local insurers, and to get the perspective of the industry aboard. We also look at different news article and industry paper overseas to see, for example, what the Singaporean Actuarial Society was doing. To me, the most exciting observation was how different countries focused their predictive analytics gunpowder power on different parts of the insurance journey, where they perceive the greatest value will be yield. For example, Asian actuaries tend to focus on building predictive models to help them to market the insurance product. In Australia and New Zealand, actually look a lot into the catastrophe modeling aspect, and Europe on price optimization model. This dynamic seems to be a result of the different regulatory, environmental, business, and social environment, and demonstrate how predictive analytics could be interwound and have great impact on all aspects of insurance business. Adam, what are your thoughts?
3: I think it's hard to pinpoint exactly what was the most interesting finding, because there were multiple components to the research project, having both benchmarking and more academic type stuff. Personally speaking, I think the biggest surprise was actually how far along companies are, especially the larger ones, in implementing advanced data architectures. Specifically, there was a large emphasis being placed on transitioning to distributed environments with almost 40% of respondents stating they had a Hadoop implementation or something similar. I mean, admittedly, Hadoop isn't all that new, but it continues to be used even by big tech companies like Twitter. Some insurers are also experimenting with Azure, AWS, and Snowflake. On a research front, I found the discussions on individual risk-preserving, and also there was a talk on convex optimization as applied to territorial rate making, which was pretty interesting, if really technical. It's not every day where you read something that harkens back to your university discussions in math and probability courses. even had to crack open some old textbooks to refresh my memory on, on Markov chain theory, measure theory, and Laplacian's of all things. There's just many interesting ideas in academic literature out there. What are you, Megan?
2: So on top of uh, what Denise and Adam just mentioned, I find it interesting to see how different company characteristics impacting the survey answers. For example, uh, we found the smaller insurance, which we are defined as... Um, Gross rather than premium less than 1 billion in our report, uh, has better data quality and documentation than the larger insurers. It's a bit surprising for us at the beginning since the larger insurers already have more resources to maintain their database. But then we realized uh, it may also correlate with the data structure complexity and the da- their data volume. So for larger insurers, they are utilizing more unstructured data such as voice and uh, images. Compared to the smaller one, uh, it's more challenging for the unstructured data to be stored, cleaned up, and properly documented. So, in our report, we have analyzed the survey results not only on the overall industry level, but also in a bit more detail by the company's size and their like their origin. This also shows that to utilize advanced analytics in solving business problems, there is no one universal approach for all insurance companies. Depending on the insurer's characteristics, their available resources, and their business strategies, they need to come up with their own unique solution. Um, Based on our experience and research, we provide an actionable approach for advanced analytics application in our report as well, which highlighted the key steps throughout the entire project lifecycle as well as the considerations we recommended at each step for different type of companies. So Canadian insurance can use it as a reference if they are starting a new initiative or even for their ongoing projects.
0: Sounds like sort of like a you came up with a blueprint for how companies could go about implementing PA into their processes frameworks. So now I'm just thinking of the listeners with respect to predictive analytics, you know People may not have deep expertise in it, like you guys, and there's probably a lot of terminology that's floating out there, like data science, machine learning, data mining, predictive modeling, and I think Adam mentioned Hadoop and and all that. Now, certain techniques within these domains, I'm sure, are already part of the traditional actuarial practice but then definitely there's elements out there that are more emergent based on, you know, the latest advances in the computing field. Could you point to some of these terminologies, these technologies, and some of the buzzwords that we would hear out in the media today and summarize the relevant ones for our listeners?
3: There's obviously a lot of different terms, and depending on who you're asking, you'll get a variety of different answers. For instance, some people just think data science is based on statistics and Albeit with some small nuances. One of the questions we would typically ask in our interviews was, how would you distinguish between a statistician and a data scientist? And the results varied, but the thinking being that a statistician focused more on statistical inference than on predictive analytics. The way an insurer would define a data scientist within their organization would often depend on whether the person had some formal training of some kind, demonstrated experience, or did some internal program. In the study, we defined the term predictive analytics as the practice of using statistical statistical methods for predicting outcomes, whereas machine learning, or ML, refers to a host of techniques wherein the machine quote-unquote learns based on some iterative method. The distinction is that machine learning is something you use to solve a problem, whereas predictive analytics is something you do with a particular use case in mind. Big shovel versus digging a hole. At the same time, these terms are sometimes used interchangeably so it can be difficult to know what is meant by predictive. The term data mining is more often associated with databases specifically, and artificial intelligence we can summarize as a machine that can learn reason and act for itself. Again, pretty broad. I recently looked at an IBM blog that covered some of these distinctions well between a lot of these different terms. So essentially they made the parallel between these terms and a Russian nesting doll with deep learning, a subset of neural networks, which is a subset of machine learning, which is a subset of artificial intelligence. And the difference between deep learning and neural networks is simply the number of layers in the neural network. Hopefully that's a good starting point at least.
0: Yeah, because whenever I would read the news or articles and I'm always getting tripped over some of these terminologies because I hear about deep learning, then I'm like, well, what's machine learning? (laughs) So that's very helpful. Thanks, Adam. In terms of the various, areas of predictive analytics, where do you see insurers gravitate towards most in terms of their usage? How are they sort of putting those techniques into practice?
1: So based on our research, basically <laughs> pricing is the area where I have seen predictive analytics having the most uptake by the insurer. Applying predictive analytics in pricing yield the greatest and most direct impact on both the top and the bottom line of an insurance company. Company would apply predictive analytics to uncover all relevant rating variables and try to build complex pricing models that are most reflective of each of the customer lifetime value and profit. The second most uh, use case is probably fraud. Insurers are using advanced analytics to maximize fraud detection, with high performing carriers having expedited identification of fraud. A good investigation unit analyst utilizing the power of analytics can filter and root hundreds and even thousands of claims that would ordinarily be reviewed manually. These are the two areas we see predictive analytics being applied most heavily in the current Canadian P&C insurance space. But change is the only constant, and insurers are constantly looking for more areas where predictive analytics could be used. And I won't be surprised if predictive analytics will become a staple and be utilized in all areas of the insurance business one day.
0: Do you have any particular guesses as which is the next up and coming area in terms of using predictive analytics?
1: If immediately that actually come to my mind is about like the catastrophe modeling like recently for example there's a lot of like a, there was a big flood in BC and also there's a lot of like articles in the news about how the government is having initiative on uh, climate change and how this may impact the as this has major impact of the Canadian insurance market. So I do think like this is a space where um, it will grow a lot. Another space I think I see is probably like marketing. Basically, I think uh, having target market to market your product, be it be like a usage-based insurance or even like a Internet of Things. Again, like uh, knowing how to reach out to a client to boost your like uh, revenue and because this is also an area where i think like it's least regulated uh, meaning that like before any like pricing or like uh, you probably need to do some sort of filings or like at least like, have a lot of discussions internally but again like marketing is an area where we learn from talking to our asian counterparts that seems to be able to help insurance to gain a lot of profit not enough profit but maybe like Uh, volume of business so again like if i were to take a guess probably these two areas adam megan any thoughts
3: yeah i mean like it's hard to say just like there's lots of different factors involved Uh, the canadian market is obviously different to all the other markets to a bunch of other markets i would probably echo the the same thoughts of improving customer experience making claims uh, handling seamless or I don't know, changes to like the gig economy and how that's going to affect how that affects uh, the way you interact with your customers or just how people want to interact with their insurance company, in period, whether they want brokers or something like that. So I think all these things are, are changing and, and will be affected by it, advanced analytics.
2: I will agree with Denis' point, uh, like for climate change and marketing, especially like under current environment, like uh, the promotion of a uh, concept. For ESG, so companies are starting to uh, looking for more climate-related topics and predictive analytics could help for their initiatives as well.
0: So I just remember going through the report and I saw that you know companies are kind of have to develop these predictive analytics capabilities. And so quite a lot of investment on their part. And so they would include investments into various technologies, investment into IT infrastructure, data infrastructure, as well as talent, human talent. So could you comment a little bit about that? How are companies actually going about developing these capabilities?
2: Companies are still keep working, uh, like companies are still keep working on multiple fronts from uh, investing in faster technology and optimizing and future proofing their infrastructure to hiring their talents such as data scientists and data engineers, as well as training their existing employees. Uh, however, Uh, In our survey, we found over 60% of the respondents indicated that the age of their current IT infrastructure has some degree of negative impact on their model implementation ability. But uh, on the other side, upgrading the technology and infrastructure is a firm wide discussion for things like budget, resources, long-term and short-term return, as well as their project priorities. And also, I think currently, uh, the transformation to IFRS 17 may provide insurance a perfect opportunity to revisit and upgrade the, their system infrastructure. Uh, in terms of talents, m- uh, most companies are intent to hire advanced analytics specialists and then train them up on the business subject matters. We found insurers are facing challenges in hiring such talents, as in they are no longer competing within the insurance sector, but also across the full spectrum of companies required such uh, tech resources. Thus, we think training up the actuaries with the uh, programming skills and modeling skills may be the way to bridge some of these gaps. For example, some of our respondents indicated that they are upskilling their actuaries by supporting them for the certified specialists in predictive analytics credential offered by CAPS, or they even offer their employee internal training programs.
0: And then when I was reading your report, I felt old because I don't recognize a lot of these technologies and these terminologies that's coming out. And so, with technology and all of these techniques really advancing over the last, I guess, decade, how can companies or actuaries in the field actually keep up with all these changes? Because it does feel like every day there's a new language to learn or a new sort of predictive analytical technique to employ. How do they choose between sticking with what they have versus, you know, picking up something new to put into practice?
2: Um, I think in terms of programming languages, in general, both Python and R are the popular ones in use. They each have their own pros and cons, but they are pretty fully featured and people are building up libraries to, like free libraries for the users to building the new models using either Python or R. And For companies, we suggested that Avoid using multiple programming languages within one team. Otherwise, it may create an necessary barrier for uh, knowledge transfer or duplicate the effort by replicating the same project in the different languages.
0: Earlier, we talked about this blueprint in terms of how companies can go off and implement predictive analytics into their processes. Why don't we take this hypothetical small company that's strapped for resources today. Um, What can they do in the predictive analytics space as a proof of concept to develop business case? Do you have any suggestions as to how they could go go about doing it?
1: So seeking management support and business buy-in is the critical first step in any proof of concept prototype. You need to build momentum because if you try to do something without support, your project goes nowhere and you won't be able to obtain the required resources. So work up the management, automate simple tasks, identify and address quick wins to build confidence in your team before tackling long-term targets. From the report, you should be able to figure out where your company stands and where you are most behind. To be a little bit more concrete, figure out your business priorities, implementation challenge, and time constraint. In terms of quick wins, You could start with a pilot project with less requirement to get the ball rolling. So let's return to one of the two business cases that were highlighted earlier in the podcast, where predictive analytics is most commonly applied, claims fraud. Claim fraud is a good example, as it can produce very good results with relatively small IT spend and there are less implementation challenges in terms of ethical use. Several interviewees have spoken how applying a new predictive analytics technique greatly improved performance of their fraud detection. There are challenges and multiple ways to tackle various problems, such as analyzing long form tax from phone script. One insurer in Singapore described how they were able to build a minimum viable product in seven months and achieve a 92% fraud prediction accuracy for the travel insurance claim, which is a huge success.
0: You know, based on your conversations with these surveyed companies, what do you think they've valued the most from the lessons that they've learned? In terms of the things that they've done so far, what's actually absolutely worth doing for them versus what seems like is necessary to be done, but it actually turns out to be not completely required?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In speaking to the uh, insurer, we find that like, um, I think there's some insurer that actually scrape a lot of their predictive analytics prototype. But the common theme is there's no one proof of concept prototype that has proven to be like a complete waste of time. At the end of the day, um, we're all experimenting and trying to figure out how to apply a concept. That's the whole point of prototyping. And in doing those work, you actually see where our limitations are. Whether it is a quality or quantity of data, IT infrastructure, lack of talent, or implementation roadblock. And a proof of concept prototype would direct you where you need to focus your development in the future.
0: Now, thinking forward, in terms of ethical considerations for insurers employing predictive analytics, did it ever come up? in the discussions with your survey companies and what would be or what could be some of the ethical considerations around using predictive
3: analytics for the PNC industry? It definitely came up in our conversations. I'll defer a little of those though to some more concrete examples that are happening around the world. In the UK, for instance, there has been a lot of discussion about whether you should be providing a different price based on a renewal versus a new business. Gender has also been banned as a rating variable in some countries. As a means to bridge that gap, there's been a lot of discussion, ethical frameworks being developed to deal with this evolving landscape. So the British government, for instance, published a data science ethical framework, and the CIA we see is also now offering a certificate on uh, ethical and responsible use of data and predictive models. For the PNC insurers, the CAST part is also into these topics with recently released research papers on race and insurance pricing. And in our report, we also delve into some of these questions, such as whether you should be using credit score as a rating variable. We don't want to give everything away, and we'll let you read some more about ethics and responsible AI in the actual report. But it is also our understanding that the CIA is itself generating a report on this very topic.
0: In terms of promoting predictive analytics within the actuarial profession, within the CIA, what do you think we can be doing to promote that? I think I've heard in the past about potentially establishing some new standards of practice around it. Would that help in this situation? just want to get your thoughts on this.
2: So as you mentioned, in past few years, the actual society around the world are making lots of effort in promoting the predictive analytics. They are offering predictive analytics training courses and hosting uh, seminars. CA also published education notes in 2017 regarding the use of model, which has been also included in the CAS exam 6C syllabus. And also, I think CAS just released their first actual technology survey results in March 2022, which tried to study uh, what tools actors are using and their self-reported proficiency level. Our research shares similar promoting uh, intentions through our work. it would like to encourage the advanced analytics uh, application in the Canadian PNC insurance market. And uh, in the near future, CAE, ICAS, and SOA will host a joint predictive analytics seminar on June 9th. Our lead researcher, Denise, is uh, invited to that seminar as part of the panel discussion on building a predictive analytics team. And also PwC's uh, data analysis partner, WICPAN, is also invited to that seminar uh, to do a presentation on the topic of model governance with machine learning monitoring and AI explainability. Other than this, we believe the professional actuarial societies are taking more actions on promoting these um, topics and we encourage you to keep an eye on their event calendar and their um, member newsletters.
0: Great. So I think we're almost at time. I'm just wondering in terms of parting remarks, what do you hope listeners and readers of the eventual report would be able to take away from your study?
1: So compared to our international peers, the actually are up to speed on things right now, and we should all give ourselves a pat on the shoulder. But change is the only constant. There are constantly new developments and a lot to learn from other country and industry. Try to stay up to date, choosing whatever medium is most convenient for you, whether it's through listening to podcasts like this, going to seminar, enrolling yourself into university continuing educational course or reading up on CIA publication, such as our research paper that we'll be publishing this spring. Thank you, Ping, for this podcast and for inviting us to come to he- here today.
3: Thank
0: you, it was great to have all three of you today and for sharing your findings and your thoughts regarding predictive analytics in the PNC industry. Thank you. If you want to find out more about this survey paper, I encourage you to go download a copy of Denise's team's paper on the CIA website. Link to the paper can also be found in the show notes. We now have several dozen episodes of the CIA's Seeing Beyond Risk podcast. I encourage you to check out Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to binge on past episodes. Most importantly, please subscribe to be notified when a new episode is released. We would like to also hear from you. Feel free to leave a rating, comment, or send any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at CIA ICA.ca. As well, we're always looking for content on our Seeing Beyond Risk blog. So if you have ideas to share, send it over to SeeingBeyondRisk at CIA ICA.ca. This is Pintang Lin, your host for this episode, and thank you for tuning into the Seeing Beyond Risk podcast.